Hello everyone, this is Molly with Mill Creek Commercial. Recently, Spencer was on a brokerage call and did a training session on who we are and what value we can bring to both the landlord and the agent. As always, we felt honored to have been invited and we hope you enjoy today's episode. And I wanted to, 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 to set the, the stage for this conversation because this is a really impressive alternative for people in the 1031 exchange arena. In our market, just like so many markets across the country, we're seeing properties being inflated. Their people are you know, competing at a high level. And if you can't find a replacement property in a 1031, or your client just wants to get out of being in property management, or wants to do something really simple and have a really nice check coming in every month, Spencer and his team have thought of all of the options, and this is uh, something that might, you know, might be among uh, one of the most exciting alternatives I've ever uh, witnessed. And so it's without further hesitation that I present Spencer Taylor of Mill Creek. Spencer, thank you for being with us today. Well, team, thank you so much. It's great to be here. I enjoy Chicago. I grew up in Chicago, though they were generations, you know, before me, but I love their music. That's a great song. So, Blake, thank you very much. Wonderful to see you. We've never met over Zoom, so nice to meet you. Uh, it's exciting what uh, you and your team are doing down there in Southern California. I, I have a deck. Am I able to share my screen? I think I am here. So, I know last week, um, you had a you had a a talk in tech on 1031 exchanges uh and and 1031 exchange is a powerful tool uh but as blake mentioned oftentimes not the ability not the time not the resources to find an adequate replacement property in a 1031 exchange and so we we set out to um solve that one of you know that problem we believe 1031 exchanges benefit the majority of the dollars coming in from 1031 exchanges are to the benefit of smaller investors in every market there's a different definition of a smaller investor but they they benefit investors who are maybe coming out of a duplex a fourplex a single family home they accidentally became a landlord you know they bought a, they bought their first home years and years and years ago they had to relocate or they, they upgrade or whatever and they turn that into a rental and the 1031 exchange is great because it allows them to defer uh, taxes as 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 you all know and so just kind of a brief overview step 1 they sell their what's called their relinquished property Proceeds go to a fight intermediary. There's two clocks that start at the day of their closing. Number one, 45 days to identify the next properties they intend to purchase. And then 180 days from the set, from the day of sale to complete the purchase. And so uh, we at Mill Creek, hopefully uh, a solution for those doing 1031 exchanges um, and are in need of a replacement property. And so, you know, in, in our experience, 
um, the mindset of a landlord is, I don't know, it's uh, unique depending on kind of what stage in their life they're working with, right? So they're managing a property manager maybe, or they're managing their own property. They're dealing with turnover, uh, you know, why they initially invested 20, 15, 20 years ago, years ago, um, values have changed over time, right? And so they don't always um, let you enjoy being a landlord, you know, over, you know, to they did when they maybe first acquired the property because, you know, they have maybe grandkids or their careers in a different place or they need to relocate and they just are dealing with a different set of circumstances. Um, they're facing a tax liability that in most cases will completely eat up all the profits that they earned over the last uh, several years with appreciation and whatnot. And they're dealing with tenants, trash, and toilets. And so it's a lot. It's a lot for a landlord to, um, to handle. And so Real quick, a, a, a light kind property. When you do a 1031 exchange, you you, you must sell an invest a, a real estate used for purposes and replace it with other real estate used for investment purposes. What a 1031 is, you can go from a three bedroom, two bath bedroom, two bath rental or a property. What you cannot do is go from a three bedroom, two bath rental to livestock equipment or inventory. So the definition of like kind is essentially any real estate used for investment purposes for any other real estate used for investment purposes. We help landlords, you help landlords a lot. We kind of help landlords avoid the triple T monster, the tenants, trash and toilets. Sometimes it's just too much of a burden. and so. Um, there's a, there's a couple here in the process, uh, having a great exchange accommodator like FinTech from last week, they just do the, all, everything that needs to be done from A to Z for the exchange. They ensure that the T's are crossed, the I's are dotted and everything's compliant with the exchange in the eyes of the IRA. Uh, 45 days to identify. Don't touch the money in 180 days to close. So we're, we're in the business of providing replacement property options. Uh, you get, you get uh, a huge advantage when you sell in a hot, hot market like San Diego, Southern California, and you move to maybe a, a surging market that's on the low end, like out of state, like Wichita, Kansas, right? And so you, we see a lot of investors leave New York, uh, leave California and put their money in kind of the Midwest. Uh, and so that, that's, a huge, that's a huge play for a lot of investors because the returns in California are not always as good as Midwest, right? Um, there's uh, a couple different options to help your clients with replacement property. Something called a Delaware Statutory Trust. This is a securitized investment. And um, they're, 
fully managed. A sponsor makes decisions on fronts on all accounts for every investor, including when to sell. And uh, they mostly is very, very much a hands-off approach to uh, financing property. And there's our model, the tenant in common model, where your clients come into a property, they have a, a deeded interest in the property, and there's benefits, we believe, in a common. One of the, the biggest benefits is when you help your clients move into a Delaware statutory trust, there, unless you have a, have a securities um, license, the DST is not legally allowed to pay any sort of referral fee or commission. In a tenant in common, and we did this on purpose because we're real estate people, uh, we, uh, a tenant in common is, is, the, uh, is a real estate transaction and we're able to pay a real estate commission. Work with agents all over the country and we pay, uh, you know, we call it a referral fee, but um, we, we pay a, a, a real estate commission to licensed agents and their brokers. So we, we love working with real estate agents. You guys do a lot of heavy lifting and uh, it's, we can say thank you, right? And so uh, just running through a, a few benefits of a tenant in common, you, uh, we like properties and we acquire or develop properties that are on the busiest corners in the county. We also want to fill those spaces and we don't acquire anything unless a lease has already been signed. But we want, we want a space with an exceptional tenant and uh, with guaranteed lease payment. In other words, if that were to vacate that, that location and they move out and it's vacant, well, they're still going to pay rent on, on a vacant space. If the company goes bankrupt, that's a little different, but you know it, it provides a huge amount of security when you know that uh, when the tenant leaves, they're still going to pay on an empty space. And then we want recession resilient property, and we want recession resilient tenants. So we we enjoy very much the dollar store uh, type uh, tenants, Donald family tree or family dollar dollar tree. Uh, we like CVS. We're getting into some medical properties now, urgent care centers and surgery centers. I like these because it's tough to go into Amazon and over the internet have your arm, uh, have your broken arm fixed. So, so we so we like these recession resilient um, types of, of tenants and properties, and uh, we offer them as fully managed. So it's very much a hands off approach to owning real estate, let alone these properties have a, uh, their single tenant and their triple net lease. So the tenant is covering rent, but also property taxes, insurance premiums on the property and maintenance on the property. And so we see ourselves as breaking down the barriers for people to own the assets that we believe create and, and sustain and, and help grow wealth. Uh, and so institutional investors, family, invest, family investment funds, 
Um, they don't always go out and buy a bunch of single tenant, I, I'm sorry, a bunch of single family homes or duplexes or fourplexes. They may be, they may be acquiring high count apartment complexes, but uh, they're putting their money in commercial and a lot of them are putting their money in the single tenant triple net lease properties because they get great return and it's very much a hands-off approach to owning the real estate. And so we see ourselves as breaking down the, the barriers. You know, someone can come in with a few hundred thousand and own a portion of a CVS on the busy corner in the county, right? And so, so that's what we do. We, we acquire or purchase high quality real estate. Essentially, we slice it up like a pizza. We sell it pizza by the slice in a deeded interest in the property. And that qualifies as a 1031 exchangeable um, you know, product. And so not only do we just do 1031 exchanges, but we have, we have clients with cash looking for hands-off real estate investment. And we also have self-directed retirement account owners come in inside their SDIRA owning a, a tenant in common interest in a, in a uh, commercial building. And um, our, our mantra, if we meet at least three of these four, we feel like the property high quality. So it needs to have a net lease or a triple net lease, uh, a long-term lease of at least 10 years. We need a corporate guarantee, and and you know we saw this in the pandemic. We need we need a company who can honor their corporate guarantee, and we and we need a single tenant building. This kind of um, reduces the amount of work from the landlord. You know you're not doing tenant improvements. Strip mall with maybe five locations. You have five different leases, varying amounts, varying. Uh, terms on the need of the of the different tenant and it's just too many decisions and too many too much work to just kind of keep everything straight so we want simplicity and we all want uh something that's going to be safe stable and secure for the investors and so that's kind of that's kind of where we're at with mill creek commercial we have properties all over the country and uh I, I hope this was um, to generate some questions and yeah. So Spencer, let me to... Spencer. I want to say thank you for you know making it uh, really clear and simple for us to follow the example and um, you know this will obviously be available for others to go back and watch um, because we are uh, recording it so that it'll be able to be viewed over and over again. So in your uh, experience, when somebody is looking to do a 1031 exchange, how important is the psychological uh, advantage of knowing where their destination is going to be when they start the 1031 exchange process? So we have, we have clients who, before they, they are under contract on their rental property, they have they have their replacement property lined up with us, ready to close a week after they close on their, their rental property. So and now there's no, there's no sweating bullets, right? And we have people who call us on day 45, on day 44, 
and they say, I am up against my deadline. I need help. And they're years and, and they're stressed out and they don't know what to do because uh, the world's crashing in and they're going to lose all their profit in taxes. And so it, it's those four days there. It, it doesn't last as long as you think it goes by quickly and huge, huge, huge stress relief when you already know what you're going into as early as you can in the process of your, of your exchange. So I call that the five P's, you know, proper preparation prevents poor performance. I like that. And so when you, you know, when you, when you can destination sell, you're going to create interest for people that may not currently exist. Because when somebody says to you, I hate being a landlord, that's an invitation to a conversation for something like this. Because yeah. if I could take you out of your pain of owning this particular house and you could get a five, six, seven percent, is that a reasonable expectation? Five, six, seven percent in that range? We're probably between we're probably between five and a half and low six percent uh, returns. Okay. So on you know, in, in, in the form of how often are the payments made? Monthly. Monthly. So, so in monthly, sorry, I read his lips before the sound came through. Yeah. <laughs> We've got a little delay. <laughs> so, so um, the, 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 this, is, this is important because there are a lot of people out there who would love to have a 6% cash on cash return and no hassle. And we shouldn't, we, you know, let's do ourselves a favor, not be the ones who judge what's right for someone else. Let's, let's, let's take them to the opportunity because I'm looking at right now a sales board that has 10 listings on it and 40 sales. I want you to think about that. We have 10 listings this month and 40 sales. I've never seen a four to one ratio on a listing sales board before. That tells me that our associates, our, our professionals are doing a really good job of getting buyer side transactions pended. getting our deals accepted because we're running a four to one ratio. If you look on that board, there's only a handful of listings that are actually sold on the board. I think we have five double-ended deals and, and, and some listings that are sold, but by far and away, it is an opportunity for us to go out and get more listing inventory to say to someone who owns investment property, would you like a simpler way than dealing with being a landlord in California where your tenant may not pay you rent next month and have the next year or 18 months without paying you? We don't have to even create those horror stories. They're all over the news if you look at them. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are people who are refusing to move that have made the news because they're refusing to leave the property because of coronavirus after they've received the proceeds of collecting their sales proceeds and then claiming they're not going to move because of COVID. Now, that's not right, but some people will take their money and run. I just was told the other day, sitting in a conversation that I uh, someone in the local market moved to Dallas 
and took a $395,000 asking price on a piece of property and just offered 500000 so they would automatically get it, only to find out that they barely got it because someone else offered four ninety. $100,000 anymore is almost nothing in what's going on in the, in the marketplace, right? We're all seeing it. We're seeing record appreciation, record inflation in the cost of acquiring property. So when you can work with a professional like Spencer and he can tell you the different strategies, Spencer, would you be willing to take a call from an agent who's looking for insight and in how to motivate a client to look at your investments? Uh, yes, I would. I would love to jump on a call, either just with the with the agent or with their client. That's what I mean with um, the client. I have found that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'm happy to do that. We have found that when the when you can speak to the along the topic of, hey, I can help you with your 1031 exchange. I know you're looking to maybe sell and get out of a headache property. Then, uh, they're they're you know, you're scratching an itch there that no other agent can scratch. In other words, there's people out there with nieces and nephews that are agents and their family and all that, but they're, they're close relatives who, are, who happen to be agents don't always know the ins and outs of the 1031 exchange. And so we think that gives you more time on the phone higher opportunity for a listing appointment and it gives credibility when you start talking oh hey, help you on the back end of your 1031 exchange to find a replacement property that is going to meet the needs and fit the needs of your portfolio okay so let's let if you don't mind i'm going to walk through a series of questions that are here in the chat Sure. And before we before we do that, is it reasonable to so we know we're going to brand our website in the next couple of weeks? It's going to have a whole new look, and it's going to include what we saw last week on the 1031 exchange conversation, and of course, Mill Creek's uh, conversational points are going to be part of that rebranding of our website. So, mm -hmm. is there is there in the local market? Do we have a lot of our competitors who are currently working with you? You have no one. So, so you want to talk about a unique moment in time when we can flat go out there and get to people who have multiple properties and show them, look, you're tired of California. You're concerned about being a landlord. We can even ask the question because that's not asking the question are you tired of being a landlord? Are you concerned about your tenants paying rent? Those are fair questions. That's not that's not gaslighting. That's not that's not blockbusting. That's not redlining. That's not anything wrong, right, Mike? Those right. are disqualifying questions. Are you tired of being a landlord? You could do a whole marketing campaign around this. And so let's start with the most important question to every real estate agent in the room. Let's be honest. There's about almost, a, we're getting closer to 40 of us now. So what kind of commission is available to the facilitating realtor? That's the number one question because I'm sure it's among the most important. Show me the money. So, uh, Blake, do you want me to answer that? Please. 
You've already told me, but I want so you to. I want you to tell them. Yeah, we pay a we pay a two percent uh, commission uh, to the procuring broker. I want you to think about that. This is two two percent on a commercial deal. Most commercial deals might do might going back to the seventies when we saw Grandpa's deals. Was he getting the two percent commission? A lot of them buyers, yeah, buyers agent yeah most of them were buyer net so you had to bring you know because depending on the market cycle and how hot it was but it was really rare on those big deals i mean our our father sat at the table and showed us a fifty thousand dollar commission check which was a half a percent of the deal because he had to split it with one other person and and the, and the, 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 in those days fifty thousand dollars was a lot of money but uh i just say that two percent is a generous commercial uh, opportunity for someone. So, um, thank you, uh, Spencer, for that. What, one more, one more sentence on that, Blake. Yes. Also, you know, the op the opportunity cost of that is you're not spending a Saturday, Sunday, weeknight showing them potential rental properties, right? And so, our our offerings are nationwide. We offer due diligence to you, you and your clients, all the documents that we looked at when we when we were considering this property, we'll make them all available to you. Environmental report, the lease, all that. And so uh, it's a lot less labor intensive to help your client find a replacement property with, with Mill Creek as an option. Uh, quick story, last week we went out to Texas to look at my dollar store and boots on the ground our ceo kevin long flew out there walked around the property found some things on site that we weren't confident that it was more more burden that the landlord had to pay for it didn't fit our criteria of being you know as you know a triple net lease and so we didn't do it and so these are the kinds of this is the kind of due diligence we do because we know the clientele that wants what we offer isn't going to want to do a whole lot of maintenance and landlording and all that. And so if it's not a right fit in our due diligence, we don't, we don't move forward, but we do a white glove due diligence and we make all that available to you, including uh, uh, drone footage and pictures and, you know, boots on the ground information. We're happy to provide that to you. And and you do the actual sales presentation because all we have to do is get them to the, get them to uh, a moment where they're where they're willing to give us twenty or thirty minutes to sit in front of you and you take care of the rest. Absolutely. So let's look. So let's look at. Uh, okay, uh, we got one live question here, and I'll get back to the ones in the chat. What's the minimum investment yeah. in this vehicle? That okay, that's that's actually one of the. Okay, that's the second. That's the, they're, they're both okay. Both those questions Good are here. Questions. Great questions, Mike. So, so what is the minimum investment, and and is there a minimum timeline that the investment has to stay put in the investment? So the minimum investment is a function of the value of the property. So, as per the SEC, we're not allowed to have more than thirty-five owners in a given building. So the minimum is one thirty-fifth. On the surgery center that we're putting together in Draper, a twenty almost twenty-one million dollar building, the the minimum investment is 
right oh. around 600,000. We're doing a drive-through restaurant in Pleasant Grove, uh, Utah, just north of Provo. Minimum investments, 40, 43,000. Our, our urgent care center in Romeoville, excuse me, Romeoville, Illinois, minimum was 157,000. So it depends on, it depends on the, the building. Now, if someone comes in with a large chunk, hey, we just need to, we just need to maintain the average minimum. And so if you have a client with $100,000 and we're well above our, our trending average, you know, and the, and the minimum is 150,000, hey, we'll let a problem. Okay, so what is the, uh, also how does one liquidate their interest in the tick? Well, your clients are own, your clients own real estate. They have a deeded interest. The deed may say you own 7.4261% of certain building. So as legally as a tenant in common, uh, you know, that's different than owning as joint tenants. I never recommend to someone that they own their prime residence with their spouse as tenants in common because your spouse could just sell their half whenever they want to whomever they want. So uh, as a tenant in common, you can sell your share, but consent the other co-owners. You own part of the same building, but you own it very much independent legally from anyone else. So you can sell your share to whomever you, for whatever price you want, higher or lower than what you bought it for. Uh, we do require that if you intend to sell, you go to you go to the, the co-owners of, of that building and you say, look, I intend to sell. I, I, I would like this price for it, you know, who's interested. And then we can market it to other tenant and common owners and other the other buildings that we've done. Maybe there's some interest there. So you know, we've done over 120 tenant and common transactions in the last couple of years. And so people, we would market it to people who are accustomed to buying tenant and common shares. If, if a co-owner buys your share, you know, we, we don't take a commission on that. It's just between the two owners, they figure out who's paying for, you know, recording the deed and the title work and all that stuff. Uh, or your clients can come back to you and say, hey, sell my share. And you can work out a commission structure with your client. Well, that seems very In short, they can do whatever they want when, they, when they're ready to. Just, yeah, that, that, sounds, that sounds, I mean, that's, that, that's the best of every option right there. Mike? Into that so his question, uh, my brother's question is, is there a time frame in which those 35 partners agree that that'll be the end of the partnership? But it's not really a partnership because each person owns their own interest. So, what I'm saying is Oh, is there a point at which there would be a, a sale date at which everyone would would get their 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 profits back out at some point down the road? Yeah, so good question. Um, so we are considered the sponsor of of the tenant in common, but after we sell away and we sell away all of our interest to tenant in common owners, 
after that, the the tenant in common owners, the co-owners, they act as the landlord. So they can all get together and decide, okay, we want to list the property. We want to, we want to sell it as a whole. They would need, you know, like a unanimous consent with that. But to sell your share, you can do that whenever you'd like to. We. So you're not restricted. Yeah. Sorry, Blake, go ahead. I said, you're not restricted in that example from selling your interest at any point for what you believe it's worth and offering it to the market. Correct. And we think eventually maybe there'd be a developer who needs that corner. They want to scrape it and put, I don't know, a gas station. Then they would bring an offer to the, to the, to the co-owners and say, Hey, I, I really need this land. I really need this location. And I'm willing to pay 150% of what you guys bought it for. And collectively they can vote and decide to sell if it's in the best interest of the, of the individual deed holders. And, and they can in turn now go back and 1031 exchange out of that or no? Correct. Correct. Yeah. They would need to, ten, if they want to defer their taxes, they would do another 1031 exchange. Yeah. Okay. That's uh, so. Th I have a question from Ruben. What's the risk exposure? The risk is exposure. So I believe the the in any real estate, the risk is vacancy. So our medical properties have a twenty year lease. Generals have a fifteen year lease. What happens at the end of that of that initial lease term? They decide not to renew. Well, then we have a vacant building, right? It's not generating rent. And we hope that maybe we withhold rents a year in advance where we know they're not going to renew. We can build up some reserves. We can market it. We can retenant it. And that's going to that's gonna take some money. But these properties are all debt-free. So there's no more. We buy them debt-free. We offer them debt-free. And that reduces a lot of risk and a lot of anxiety, I think, for investors. But they can, they can go some time without having a capital call, which is which is why we do which is why we do debt free. So there could be a period where payments aren't being made, and we hope that we can retenant it before a capital call is needed to. We pay property taxes or upkeep or whatever. But if it's a vacant building and the tenant is not paying on their initial lease term, then the responsibility of the maintenance of the building falls on the land, the collective landlords. So, so the next question from Ron Siegel is: How does Mill Creek make money? I like this question. Um, so. We're, we're so we broker out of Collier's International. I have my real stations, and we're kind of the Mill Creek team here in Utah. And so a couple of us got together. We started, and our fund through our Collier's connections goes out and we buy these properties. And we're a really good buyer. We we pay cash. We have short due diligence windows. We close quickly. And so instead of taking maybe upwards of 180 days to close, we're closing in less than 40 days. And so a developer that we know who's 
who's who's buying who's who's building something like a dollar general or a bank or whatever we we could put contract months before the COs issued and then we close days after the COs issued days after the tenor operating and utilizing the space and then the developer can just move on to the next project. So we we get our properties at a lower cost than probably what you would see uh, kind of in the market. And that's because the developer reaches out to us specifically and says, hey, does this meet your need? There's no, there's no commercial MLS. LoopNet is not an MLS. If a deal hits LoopNet, it's probably not a good deal just to be completely frank with you. And so, we we get we may we may buy something at a six and a half cap and you know it was maybe offered at a six cap we may buy it at a six cap off five seven five and so we make our spread with the way we buy the property and then our goal on every single property is well in this example how do we get this cap rate up to a six percent when you know the listing cap rate, we we want to shrink that delta. We want someone coming in with one hundred and twenty-seven thousand dollars to after they do their due after they do their due diligence, they realize okay, if I could buy this building myself, I would get a six cap with Mill Creek. I'll get a five seven five five eight five. Gosh, for only putting in one hundred twenty-seven thousand and not have expertise, I'm getting about the same deal as if I could just buy the whole building myself. And so we're really committed to shrinking that delta. We want the cap rate of a tenant and common buyer to be as closely, you know, as close as, as it could be if they bought the whole building. So that's how we make our money. And that's kind of our secret sauce is how we acquire our properties. So you would see it as reasonable if someone said, okay, I'm interested, here's my good faith deposit, or uh, I need five days to be able to fly into Nashville, if that's where it happens to be, or or Chicago, or wherever it happens to be, and, and actually look at the property that I'm looking to buy and pay the rest of it. You have you don't there's 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 the ability to see the physical property before the money gets transferred, correct? Absolutely. And I so we have so in most of our 1031 exchanges, we cross out the earnest money deposit, mostly because we know within 10 days there from the time they sign to the time they close it's less than 20 days. And so it's like, okay, by the time things are wired and they hit the escrow account with the title company, okay, why do it? Okay, let's just say we trust you, we, you know, you enclosed, we'll waive the the due diligence, the uh, earnest money deposit. If somebody wanted 30 days, put it under contract, their due diligence, they'd probably be persuaded to say, okay, we can give you 20 days of, of due diligence or 25 days of due diligence. Let's agree on a reasonable earnest money deposit. And basically, if you came to me and said, we think this number is reasonable, I'll say, okay, we'll, we'll work with you. That, that sounds good. Our purchase and sale agreement has 
But if you come with 1%, Joanne, I'm looking at you, uh, we would say, okay, yeah, you know, we want to work with you. We're not in the, we're not in the business of creating friction and having a barrier that prevents people from considering this because, you know, they just don't want to put that much money at stake. You know, you know, Spencer, I've had the privilege now of watching you explain this uh, presentation uh, on more than one occasion. And with each time, you know, I, I gain uh, such enthusiasm for our clients to be presented in large numbers to this concept, because I think there is a tremendous amount of anxiety in the Southern California marketplace about the future of property rights, property right ownership, uh, the, ten the, the, the inability to get tenants out when they're non-performing. And uh, the time to act is not when you have the tenant not performing, it's before you have the tenant not performing. And so um, for many people also, the, they're going to have seen that the market is peaking. It, it, it may continue to peak, but it's definitely at an all-time high. And the question is, how far do we, you know, do we believe it's going to continue on that trend line? And what do you do with, with this in, investment opportunity? So I look at um, the next question from Tina is, uh, from Tina Wu, is could we have a copy of your slides to share with our clients is her first question. And then yes. so we can have yes. the, we can have the, we can have the slides. Wow, that's amazing. How many how many of us would give away our listing presentations to the, you know, thank you, Spencer. Um, and then how? Uh, Blake, I'm emailing it. Blake, I'm emailing it to you and Joanne right now. Perfect. I'd give away my listing presentation if someone would bring me the, the dollar. Deal. Right? Right? Let me tell you why. Because we want to be your partner. <laughs> We 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 don't see we don't see us competing with you. We see us needing you, yeah. right? Because you have right. the relationship with the client, and so why why wouldn't I why wouldn't I share this? Right? Like I have every That's incentive amazing. to share this. That's what I love about the mindset of the partnership that you're uh, that you're that you're providing us because we have a we have a we have a relative exclusivity a window period here where we can blow the doors off of this opportunity people can be introduced to something they probably have no idea that it's even available so you have a reason to call everyone and start the calls all over again if you've called through a list say hey you know what i found an investment option that i think you could invest 20 minutes to look at and it might be the best thing don't talk about it any more than that Say I can send it to you. I'll call you back next week, and I and I'm the person who can deliver it to you. Right. So even if you call through a list of for our for our connection callers who've called through thousands of people, well, you know what? Maybe there's a better option. If I can show you that there's a better way than sitting on a property that is got a tenant in it, and you can get a pay, you get a check in the mail, and never have to do property management again. There's going to be some people who are going to say, "I'm all about that." Yeah. Let, let me just say, let me just say one clarifying point here, because we acquire these properties debt-free without leverage, no, no debt. We can only accommodate your clients' equity. So, 
it's surprising right. how many landlords own their rental properties outright. It's really soon. Uh, unless they're like in young, in their 30s and 40s and they're in hustle mode. But your 60 plus year, 55 year and older clients, they probably own their rental properties outright. And so when they when they sell a million dollar property, if they have 500,000 of debt and 500,000 of equity, it's not, and they want to do a 1031 exchange, paying off the mortgage doesn't wipe out tax liability. They need to replace right. that with a million dollars. So they may need more, more leverage or different leverage. But with us, because we don't have leverage, we can only accommodate the equity portion of their exchange. So uh, right, but they can, but they can diversify dollar transaction. Yeah, but they could diversify if they have a large enough portfolio, and 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 secondly, there are fifty three thousand homeowners in this market right here that own their properties free and clear, and many of them are investment properties. Just in just What's in the, the eight cities, just in the eight cities around our office, there's over fifty three thousand people who own their home, their own their own. Their real estate without a mortgage on it. Blake, what's the mortgage rate out there? What's the mortgage in interest rate? Uh, Rain. Two point nine seven to three point something. You know, that's like free money. That's like free money. So, you know, ours yeah. pay about a six percent, and there's there's some arbitrage there. You know, for the right for the right person, a HELOC. It, it makes sense. So, so uh, from Ron Siegel, there's a question. Since it sounds like Mill Creek steps out after fully subscribed, who handles the maintenance and collection of brands, distribution of partners, et cetera? So we have a third party, unrelated, and that's unrelated in every way, legally, familiarly, and all that. A third party, unrelated property management company. Now, these are single tenant, triple net leases. So there's not a whole lot of property management to be done, right? Uh, they collect the rents. They make distribution to owners. We make distributions by the 10th of every month. Uh, they ensure that all aspects of the lease are being followed. Uh, these leases, a lot of these leases uh, in our medical are written as if that there's going to be a tenant in common structure. So the tenant needs to provide annual maintenance reports or buy every other year maintenance reports. They need to prove that they had the HVAC inspected and tuned up and whatnot so that that report can be given to 13 different owners across the country who have no idea about commercial uh, HVAC. And they'll know that it, it was tuned up, it's operating, it's functioning properly, right? And so that's really cool. That's really cool. That's why we like these single tenant triple net lease properties because it requires very little landlording. So since we're running out of time, Spencer, if somebody wants yeah. to contact you direct, what is the best method for you? So I'm putting my phone number in the chat. This is a direct dial office line. My cell phone is right there. And my email is spencer at millcreekcommercial.com. And if we need to jump on a Zoom, we can jump on a Zoom phone call. Uh, and and we, want to, we want to provide a, a exceptional customer service experience for your clients. It's great to watch Blake and Joanne. I feel like they're all about customer service. And 
there's things, I mean, I jumped onto your book club early just to kind of get a feel for it. And I, I just, I was uh, edified by your conversation and enjoyed hearing the, the back and forth. So we want to provide that customer service like you strive there with your clients. Spencer, this has been so. Um, I'm not, we're not seeing your contact info in the chat, Spencer. I accidentally sent it to Mike, just Mike. Here we go. Oh. Here's, here's, here, here's my cell. Thank you. <laughs> I'll forward it. We'll send it. We'll, yeah. we'll make sure everybody uh, gets a. Emailed out. Gets it. And yes. in, in this. Yes. In, Got it. Thank and you. And also, this, this uh, whole presentation will be available. And I don't have an objection if you wanted to show this video to your clients to see the interaction and the questions because there's nothing that's been you know what i would call inside information that's you know professionally uh you know among peers that would be proprietary to you know that we wouldn't want a client to see i think it's important for them to see that we're the only company in southern california who can bring this to them based on what we're currently doing so rather than you saying it, that might be a good, uh, you know, a good opportunity. And Blake, I, I want to find a time in the next, I don't know, 45 days. I would love to fly down, um, meet with you and Joanne, bring, bring your office some treats or something. Uh, you know, if, if you're like comfortable you. with it, I'm comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but in <laughs> yeah 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 and just get to know each other better and and just you know make sure that we're we're we know each other we understand each other and and we can feel like we can do business together Spencer I think that would be wonderful and we're going to get you know behind this a thousand percent and uh it, you know like I said our our website our social media everything's going to be about promoting these as options to the 1031 exchange because there's so many people out there right now who are frustrated and don't you know if someone's in a 1031 exchange then they tell you i'm already working with my broker great have you found a, have you found a solution for your 1031 exchange yeah. no well, what if i can take you to the solution what you know you, they, they're not obligated to buy the 1031 up like through their existing brokerage unless they're under a buyer broker agreement exactly so, so exactly. you know, let exactly. let let let's take let's take advantage of this rare moment in time where we have something that no one else has, and I, I get really excited about this because I, I I think we can you know make a tremendous impact in the local community, and also um, speaking of that, so so thank you, Spencer. In the interest of time, I'm going to go ahead and 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 stop the conversation around this, and I want to promote on a transition real quick to uh, May fifth. So Cinco de Mayo, we are having 4 to 6 p.m. here at the office with sponsors. Um, we have a Geneva Financial, um, United, Wilson, Realty. Wilson Realty Group, or Financial Group, and uh, Realty Pro 100 are combining to throw a wonderful, let's get back into, you know, a little bit of celebration mindset. Obviously, we can all determined for ourselves, masks and what's, you know, what's proper uh, social distancing, what you're comfortable with. But the facility's big enough. We have the hallway. We have the parking lot. We have the beautiful balcony out here. There's no reason why we can't just have a really nice get-together. 
So that will be on May the 5th from 4 to 6 p.m. I also want to thank Lorraine for not only being on the uh, on the book club, but helping us with the book club uh, when she's been very uh, um, involved in the book club from the very beginning and enthusiastic about it. And I'm really grateful for that because we we need our, we need our affiliates to be uh, with us. And Kevin, I see you here every week. Thank you, Kevin from Orange Coast Title. Please support Kevin. Um, and then I want to briefly close out. Did I miss someone? Mindy? No, please. Oh, please, please, please. Oh, oh, oh. Groveling over. So I want to close, I want to close out with a I want to close out with a couple of the a couple of thoughts. So, you know, we serve the state of California with our license. And I want to congratulate uh, Gilbert and the Wilson team for putting together a, a listing side transaction that closed this week in San Marcos in San Diego County. $1.65 million all cash. Yeah. Gilbert, how did it feel? Pretty good? Oh, sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right? Yeah, and you got that from, you got that, you got the, you got it wired from Pro Escrow? You got it, you got it wired? Yeah, congratulations. So when you look at, you know, when you look at your license and the business, take the time to talk to everyone in the state of California, because even if ultimately you decide to not go physically take it yourself, there's always the opportunity for a referral fee or co-listing the property. I would be more inclined to co-list with an out-of-area agent than take the referral fee because you can probably stay at about 50% of the deal if you co-opt with a local agent. Or what many people have done in the past is they've taken the listing in, let's say, out of the area, San Francisco or Lake South Lake Tahoe on the California side, and then they went out to a local agent and said, I will pay you $3,000 to manage my transaction and meet people and show it and make sure that it's available from the closing. Doesn't close, no payment. Control the listing. When you control the listing, you control the process. You control the outcome. Of the last seven listing transactions, I looked at the the actual listing commission, six out of seven were six percent commissions, and one was a five percent that was brought to me. Because I want to congratulate you personally for that amazing accomplishment. Because in this market, to be able to claim that and to say that yeah. is incredible, incredible performance. And the clients are writing rave reviews about your performance. Speaking of rave performances, Ruben, you took that new listing in Anaheim Hills how many days ago? Uh, last week. Last week. Well, actually, uh, I was working without a contract. Yeah. But, for, for a while, but it went so, so all the yeah. prep work. Yeah. So so more more time was put in the prep work than the actual listing time that yeah. was on the market. Yeah. yeah. And it's going to close potentially when? Next Friday. And it just pended when? Yesterday? The day yeah. before? And it's going to close next Friday. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> I get excited. I just me clap and I know, right? <laughs> this is why we do what we do. We're helping yeah. people get to where they want to go. That's right. 
and we're we're succeeding succeeding at a very high level. Yes. Right. We got multiple. We got multiple uh, list, high dollar listings there and sales on the on the board. I see Tony Kim's team absolutely lighting up the sales board right now. So if you want inspiration, you've found it. As I said, forty sales on the sales board side for a company of fifty agents. Whew. <laughs> I wish we had those percentages our entire career. Mike, could you imagine when we had 600 agents oh. in our, if we had 500 sales oh, in a month? That's amazing. That's amazing. I'd love it. That's energy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Keep up the great work. I'm so proud. Yeah.